Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. How are you today? I hope you're doing really well. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I am a coach. I'm a hypnotherapist and I'm the author of two books, The Anxiety Solution and my new book, Brave New Girl, Seven Steps to Confidence. So this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest and most confident self. And today I'm interviewing a friend of mine, an incredible coach, although coach doesn't quite cover all the amazing work that Kate Taylor does. She is a lover of disco balls, a bright red lip and more leopard print than is necessary and she's definitely not your average coach. Kate Taylor is a leading life design and empowerment coach. She is a creative business coach and mentor. She's a master NLP practitioner and a clinical hypnotherapist. She's also a choir teacher, a writer, speaker and creator of the Practical Magic Activation Deck the UK's first life coach in a box. Not only that, but she also organised a festival, The Awakening, on the Isle of Wight, which was a massive success. So Kate has a wealth of knowledge and experience to share. So some of the things we chat about are what practical magic is. And this just sounds so intriguing to me, so I can't wait for you to hear exactly what that is. We talk about the subconscious mind. Honestly, I could talk about the subconscious all day. It's amazing, whenever I meet another hypnotherapist or someone that does similar work to me, we just have the best conversations because we can really talk about how the mind works and how we can get the mind on side so that it's working for us. We talk about the most common question that Kate gets asked, which is, what to do when you're at a crossroads in your life. How many of you listening feel as though you might be at a crossroads and needing some advice or needing to know what the next step is? Well, this episode is definitely for you. We talk about the magic of Koya, which is, well, you just have to wait and see what that is, but it's magic. Plus we talk about being addicted to busy, being addicted to busy and how we can start to slow down. And we also chat about practical tools, and so much more wisdom from Kate. So I think you're gonna love this episode. I just wanna let you know about the free resources that I have over at karmau.com forward slash free. If you enter your details there, I'm gonna send you my free anxiety busting toolkit that is full of resources, tools, as you would imagine from a toolkit, and things that can help you in your day-to-day life to be calmer. So head on over to karmau.com forward slash free, enter your email there, and I will send you some goodies. So let's get into the interview with Kate Taylor. This week's episode of the Karma You podcast is sponsored by Pucker Herbs. I'm really excited to share that Pucker have launched a new tea, 
peace, an innovative hemp blend to promote calm, which can be enjoyed throughout the day. It has become part of my routine to enjoy in stressful moments or when I want to switch off after a day of work. Even its beautiful packaging has a calming effect when I see it on my shelf. Peace tea truly is nature's antidote to everyday challenges. The ingredients are 100% organic and ethically sourced, which means it's not only great for you, but also the planet. So Peace Tea contains ashwagandha, an ingredient I recommend to all my clients. It naturally improves energy and calms the nervous system. Chamomile, one of the most widely used relaxing herbs around the world. And hemp leaf, a variety of the cannabis sativa plant species. You've probably heard of the calming effects of CBD, a non-psychoactive component of hemp. And the tea contains CBD plus other calming essential oils from hemp. This blend supports the mind and body's ability to cope with adapt to and look beyond daily stresses. Perfect for busy 21st century living. Peace Tea is available to buy at Sainsbury's and Tesco's and I hope you love it as much as I do. So welcome, Kate. Thanks welcome. so much. For Thanks for having me, Chloe. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Can you tell us, for those that don't know, what it is that you do and how you got to where you are today? Okay, so oh God, where do I start? Well, I call myself like the title I give myself is a, a life design and empowerment coach. But actually, you know, we like we have to give our titles to have something to hook on to. Actually, what I do is so, 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 so much more than that. I call my work practical magic because it's how we get from where we want to get to, like taking the practical steps, but how we then release our magic to get there. And for me, magic is about our empowerment, our creativity, tuning into our intuition, and all of the magic that comes from when we release ourselves from the things that are holding us back and getting really in tune. And it's also that like head body connection as well, the practical being the head and this magic that we've got in this incredible vessel that we have as well. So I do that through what I call practical magic is all the modalities that I work with. So life coaching, I'm a master NLP practitioner. So neuro-linguistic programming. I'm a Koya teacher, which we can talk a bit more about. I've created this product called the Practical Magic Activation Deck, but I love to bring in centuries of philosophy and thought and meditation and breath work and all of these incredible modalities into what we can do so that we can get to freedom, essentially. Um, I guess the journey, I mean, the journey starts the day we come into this world and probably before that, doesn't it? But if I think about particularly how I got into this work, so I think about a pre previous guys that I was in, I used to work in advertising world. And it was about a time when I was in my 30s, I was hitting that point in my life where I come out of the self-inquiry mode of 20s, like trying to understand who I am in this world and hit the, but what does it all mean? in the 30s like how do I make a difference and an impact and how do I work with people how do I be of service and this was like tied in with lots of other things going on in my life um, as they tend to happen all in one go I'd had a period of I'd, I'd lost both of my parents I was in a marriage I didn't know if I wanted to be in I was working in this job where I didn't know if it was enough to sustain me and, and who I was in this world and how I help people. And a lot of questions that no amount of white wine can get the answers to. 
so a friend of mine actually this lady who used to come and do massage and it's interesting how the body connection came in there she said you know why don't you see a coach so she recommended me this incredible man called Matt who I still work with and collaborate with now Matt Taylor and we just had this period of self-inquiry and working out what it is that I wanted to do and how I wanted to help people and it was such a cathartic process that I thought well if this can do this for me what difference could this make to the women in my life particularly where I was working in the creative industries and that's kind of where this work has blossomed from and it's been a very intuitively led process I've been doing this now for seven odd years and it's it's really about uncovering processes, uncovering what doesn't work for us. For me, it's been about getting tuned into the body very much so because I was so up in my head for so long, like doing everything up there and not getting connected in. And it's just been in this incredible journey of uncovering, peeling back, getting raw, getting vulnerable and helping other people to do the same so that we can come home to ourselves. I love that idea of coming home to ourselves. That just sounds so good and so needed, I think, in this day and age. I think so many people listening are going to relate to that sense of being up in their heads all the time and seeking meaning in their lives and, um, you know, reaching a point where maybe a few things are kind of going wrong and thinking you need to find a different direction. Um, I also love that, love the idea of practical magic. It just sounds yeah. so intriguing to me. I'm like, oh, I want some practical magic in my yes. life. Yeah, because for me, it's like, well, it, you, the, the, it came about because I was working with a client who uh, is very, she was very, she wanted to do NRP work. And, but she was like, I don't want any of that magical thinking. I'm not into woo-woo. I'm not into spirituality. I've come away from that. I was like, that's totally cool. And the NLP, where it's, a bit like, it's like hypnotherapy, it's another version of, it's another strand of, and you're working very much with the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind likes bringing up symbols, shapes, things that we cannot, you know, we, it, quite esoteric. It's tuning into spirit around us. It's tuning into energy. And for some people who are very practical, that just doesn't work for them. So I remember her saying, oh, this is too much magical thinking for me. Can I have some more of the practical? I was like, that's totally cool. I'm totally up for that because that's what I do. But then I was like, God, isn't it magic? Isn't it magic that we can tune into this whole everything, not just what we consciously see, feel and do, but everything around us to have a more fulfilled life that is so rich. You know, it, it, it was a real like moment that it just dinged in. I was like, yeah, this is practical magic. That's so good. I think you can, you can, what's the quote? It's like, either everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle. Yeah. It's much better to think everything's a miracle. The world is magic. I'm magic. That's just a better way to live, I think. I think so. Yeah. And it allows curiosity and exploration to come in, doesn't it? Definitely. Definitely. Um, can you tell us about what are the sort of issues that you see people struggling with? What are the common things that people come and see you for or that you notice in people? Yeah, I mean, I would say that 99% of the majority of the people come my way. The one phrase I use more often than not is I'm at a crossroads. And I'm sure you hear this as well, you know. It's when you've got to a point where you are stuck 
like rabbit in the headlights stuck and you're not sure which direction it is that's right for you to go. And that's having an impact on every other area of your life. And, and I would say that the majority of people echo the story that I had really, where they've got to a certain point in their lives and what they knew before, maybe a previous, I like to call it like a, a previous layer or a previous chapter, just as they've outgrown it, it doesn't fit anymore. And what's happened is that they've grown up with all of these maybe stories and beliefs about what they think life should be, i.e. I should be married by a certain time, I should have kids by a certain time, I should have this career, time is running out. And it, it all there's so many questions that go on and it just, it, it's like you just freeze. And then you can't see the future in front of you or the future that you thought you should be living and nothing fits. So yeah, they, they come and like literally like I am stuck, my motivation has gone, my confidence is completely torn away from me. I thought I'd be here, but I'm not. What do I do next? And that's where I help them to get clear on that kind of next path and help them get there as well through supporting the practical steps, but also supporting them in the whole in the 360. I think that is such a common thing. It's like we're all gonna go through changes in our lives, come to crossroads, feeling stuck. And, and that sense of overwhelm, that's something I hear a lot of like, there's all these things I should be doing. I don't know what I should do. Um, all these boxes that I feel like I need to tick. Mm. Sometimes you do need someone to like help you get out of that hole and help yeah. you to find a way out and make a change. Yeah. And a lot of time people are coming to you and I know I recognize it because I've been there and like, can you just tell me what to do? And it's like, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I'll help you get there to get to the answers because they're in there, but I ain't going to tell you what to do. Just so we're clear on that. I will support your journey and I'm going to help you really uncover so many asset facets and assets of yourself you didn't even know existed and empower your self-belief, your motivation, your confidence, all of that to get to what you want to get to, even if you don't know what it is yet. But that's like an uncovery, a discovery process that we go through. I think that's one of the things that people maybe a misconception about coaching or therapy that the therapist, or the coach just tells you what to do. But the truth is often we think that we want to be told what to do, but actually when we're told what to do, very often we rebel against it, totally. reject it, we resist it. And actually it's so much more powerful if someone is helping to draw that out of you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, crikey, if anybody tells me what to do, my partner will attest to this. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. It's so much more empowering when we get to come up with a solution or create new ways of doing something and then we take action on it. It's, and it, that's the last, that lasts a lifetime because then you can look back and go, yeah, I did that. I can remember the time when I was really stuck and I made the changes I needed to get there. And then that helps you kind of with every single area of your life moving forward. Whereas if somebody told you to do it, you'd just be like, well, that was them. That wasn't me. So yeah. 100%. Totally. I really want to talk to you about creativity because I know that part of what you do is helping creative people. And I have to say, for me personally, I, for years, would tell myself I'm not creative. I, my whole family is very artistic. My granny, my granddad uh, were like professional artists. My mom's an art teacher. My sister's an illustrator. And I thought, I'm, I'm not the arty one. I'm like more the sciencey one. 
And, you know, people sometimes have to remind me, Chloe, like you have written two books and you do all these creative things, but I find it hard to like take ownership of that label of creativity. Mm. Do you, do you find that people say to you, oh, I'm not creative? Well, All the time. Cool. And when I say I work with creative people, that is every single one of us. Like I don't put the fact you don't have to be born with a paintbrush or a pencil in your hand to be creative, you know? It really is, because, and, and you've rightly said it, creativity comes in all forms, in all ways. I was, um, when I was talking at the Awakening um, at the weekend, a festival, I was saying like, you know, there were a few mums there and I was like, have you ever told your kids a little white lie because you've wanted them to do something else rather than what they're doing? And they're like, yeah. It's like, that's creativity in a different form. You know, the fact that we are thinking, feeling, breathing, inspirational human beings means that we have to have creativity at the heart of what we do. You know, we wake up and we think about a new idea for something. It can be something as simple as I'm going to create a recipe this evening for some delicious food or I'm going to hum a tune or I'm going to find a new way of doing something. Because for me, creativity and resilience come hand in hand. So when something doesn't work or whether we need to change something, whether we need to pivot away from something that hasn't worked for us, that's our creativity kicking in and also creativity is going into this incredible filing cabinet of our subconscious mind and using everything that we've got within us to empower to do something different as well so we tune into I mean what's your what's your mode of connecting in with yourself Chloe are you a visual person or are you auditory are you kinesthetic what would you say mm, visual I can easily yeah. visualize things yeah there you go. That's your visual creativity kicking into place. So your subconscious mind will use visuals. It may use colors. It may be use symbols. It may use shapes to bring you whatever it is you need to either stop you or empower you. Right. So that for me is the essence of creativity. Okay. So that's good news. We are all creative. We are all creative. And I never made that link before between creativity and resilience about how tapping into that can help us to handle things and find solutions and totally like I love the idea I mean I, I the word failure for me doesn't exist but it's something that we can use to hang stuff onto sometimes isn't it and there's this big malaise I think this big um, symptom of we're all scared to fail that's particularly going on at the moment I see it a lot with younger people I see a lot with people going into through their careers I see it a lot with people who are stuck because they're so scared of failing and I'm using the inverted fingers because we're so scared of something that's going to go wrong. However, for me, if we reframe the idea of failure is that everything is experimentation and anything that doesn't go in the way that we expected it to, or we put an expectation on it, then we can find other ways of making it work for us. So we're constantly pivoting. You're constantly going to find a way of not doing something that you did before if it didn't work. So that for me is creativity, finding new ways and exploring. I think that fear of failure is huge for so many people, whether or not we're even aware of it. Sometimes it's happening in the background and we, we're sabotaging ourselves yeah. and not taking action and holding ourselves back. And at the root of it is a fear of failure or procrastinating. That's when I see a lot of people, they don't realise that procrastination is often a fear of failure. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's underneath that is the shame. You know, when it comes to the essence of it, we're, we fear shame we fear 
that we're going to be seen as less than and we've put ourselves almost up on this pedestal that we fall down from and the way that you kind of notice when fear is taking place this fear of failure is you sense that you feel it in the body you know as soon as i say it i start feeling it in my solar plexus in my stomach area and it's this kind of like oh you know like you get that kind of feeling that's stuck it's like oh my god I can't I can't go any further I'm sure most people will recognize the sense of feeling that and once we get tuned into through the body these particular nuances of what is this oh yeah this is a fear of failure this is a fear of I'm going to get something wrong what's this going to say about me then we can kind of work with it and work through it and shift it and put something else in place Mm, okay so being aware of it and knowing that shame can be at the root of that fear of failure that that kind of not feeling good enough not feeling good about ourselves not feeling worthy Mm. um i know you've mentioned a couple of times tuning into the body and certainly for a lot of the work i do with anxiety we often think of well people often think that anxiety is a mental issue but actually so much of it is in the body it's that fear that seems to just yeah, manifest in the body and it can be ancient fear from our childhoods or back in our DNA even. Mm. Um, Can you tell us about your work with Koya and with getting into the body and that sort of thing? Yeah, so um, as I say, like the work that I've done has just been such an organic and beautiful process. And I, when I started coaching, it was very much like practical, like how do I help people get to where they get to? Then I went into working with neuro-linguistic programming, which I adore. Again, very, we would say head-based. Again, I'm using inverted finger waves um, because it's about the mental stimulation, but also connecting in with thoughts and feelings. I'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. But I recognize that for so many years, like I, I had had... I'd moved out of my corporate work into the coaching work and everything from the outside looked absolutely perfect. You know, if you'd have looked at my life and gone, look at what she, you know, she really has set herself a two year goal. She's got the house by the sea. She's even got the dog called Bertie. She's got the partner she really loves, the life that she's really created. But I felt nothing from the neck down absolutely nothing like literally could have put scissors in my legs didn't do that thank goodness but you there was nothing and what I recognize now is actually that was what we would know as a depression but not as I knew it you know I I knew what that extreme sadness felt like but this was a depression of the nervous system and that had been years of trauma and grief and all of the things that had led me to get to where I am manifesting and actually (laughs) As these things tend to happen, the the invitation to move through that came from the most, for me, it was kind of quite an esoteric route. So I was at a friend's hen party and there was a tarot reader and I'd kind of left spirituality off off the shelf for a little while throughout my 20s because I was focusing on my career. And there was a tarot card reader there and I wasn't going to see her. I wasn't interested. And then at the end, when she was just putting her coat on to leave, I was just like, right, okay, I'm just going to sit down and and see what happens. And she was like, I've been waiting for you all day. I was like, well, of course you have. You're a tarot reader, you know? (laughs) Anyway, she was pulling these cards and every single card she was pulling was about water that couldn't flow to the point where there were two cards stuck together. And the one that was stuck underneath that dropped down was an iceberg. And she went, if you want any more indication that there is energy stuck in your body, 
there it is. And I was like, you know, when you just like mic drop, okay. So right now. I know. And and she was like, and I was like, just went into the head base. Okay, so what do I do about it? Very masculine. Okay, I'm gonna go into this, hit it full force, let's make let's shift this. What do I do? And she went, You'll find a way. And I was like, that is the most frustrating answer I've ever had. Fix me now, you know? <laughs> like very like I say, very masculine. So actually what I gave myself permission to do was experiment. So I tried so many different things, kinesiology, Reiki, like lots and lots of different things. And my friend Jane does this movement practice called Koya, which is about getting into the feminine. It's the essence of remembering that we are wise, wild and free. And I'd seen her doing it so many times and I resisted, resisted, resisted. I was like, I don't need to learn how to dance. I can cut myself loose on a dance floor, whatever. Koya means queen, whatever. I don't need my feminine. I'm a woman, you know? Again, very masculine. But my friends at the time, uh, Lucy and Joe, were doing Higher Selfie. Do you remember Higher Selfie? Yes, yeah, that's Lucy Sheridan and Joe. Sheridan and Joe Westwood. Yes, yes. So they had done a Sunday workshop where Jane was facilitating a choir session. I was like, well, listen, I'm going to go and support them as most. I'll go and support them. I'll be <laughs> the good friend. Anyway, we. I danced Koya for the first time. And um, it, you go through a journey with Koya where you you tune into your feminine essence, you do some yoga, do some meditation, and at the end, or towards the end, is the free dance. And I remember, and everybody who was there, I remember Jane remembers it very specifically, we were dancing to Katy Perry firework, and I literally was that firework. I was dancing with my arms aloft, spinning around and around in circles, and I just felt this surge of joy like literally going through my whole body and remembering what it felt like to feel like a child and that complete sense of freedom in the body. And it was just this complete, like, what the hell is this thing? I can feel myself again. So that started this new journey of like, this This feels like the thing. I'm not going to put pressure on it, but this feels like the thing. So I followed my intuition on that. I ended up going to Costa Rica within three months, I think, and learning to teach to become a Koya teacher. And from that point on, I came back into my body. And since then, it's been this journey of connecting head and body and unleashing so much of my world, so much of that energy. I tuned in very much to chakra work and energy work when I was out there. Um, and that's that's completely opened up so much from that point forward. It really has. That's amazing. That's amazing. I think this is just such an important point for, for people listening about how important it is to connect with our bodies and allow ourselves to feel and allow that energy to flow. I think things like, I would think about like panic attacks are when there's just energy inside our bodies that can't get out and can't be processed. And we just, our nervous system just has like a meltdown basically because we haven't been able to feel our feelings or listen to what's going on. Um, and so, yeah, having a way to like move that energy and connect with your body. So, so important. Yeah. I mean, we've been sold the idea. I mean, we're getting better at it, but we've been sold the idea that emotion especially for women and and very much for men and men find it more difficult as we know that's why such a such an issue with uh, depression and, and suicide rates amongst men is that we've been sold from this idea of trying to keep the feminine 
you know, confined, that emotion is dangerous, that feeling is bad, that all, you know, that as a woman, you should be happy and quiet and kind and the people please all the time. But actually, we feel as human beings, we feel all range of things all of the time. So it's not to say that all emotion is bad, that anger, for example, is a bad thing, that fear is a bad thing. If we work with it, we understand so much more of it and we can use it in a way that works for us. Mm, that's, yeah, really important point, I think. I remember, I'm just thinking about one of my first therapists that I went to go and see like eight years ago or something would always say, it's not good or bad. It's just an emotion. Emotions aren't good or bad. And had to really hammer that home to me because I think I've been trying to work on my physical manifestations of anxiety by like just positive thinking and finding that I, that the emotions would come out at other times. Like I get really angry about something or like really like hysterically upset. And I, it's because I wasn't really tuned in and allowing the feelings to flow and allowing myself to feel them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is quiet is something, is that something that people always do in a group? Can you do it on your own? Is it, is doing it as part of a group, part of the, like the healing process of yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, Koya is very much rooted in community. So um, whenever I teach, I do it with a room full of women and we sit in circle together because you can guarantee that one person's story is everybody else's story, you know, and we sit in circle, we pull a card, we tune in and we share, at the beginning we will share like what's coming up for us. It's always based around the theme. I mean, you can do elements. I, I love doing elements of Koya on my own. So for example, there's certain parts of it like shaking, for example, or hip opening or heart opening that I will use elements of in my everyday life, especially if I want to get creative, I'll use the hip space. And there are videos on if you don't have a Koya teacher because there's not many of us in the UK, if you're enlisting in the UK, there's a lot in the States, it's growing in Europe. But if you, uh, if you can't get to a class, there are some great videos online on the Koya website as well. And it's, it's just a nice way to start getting in tune with your body and doing it in a way that feels good for you. That's always the invitation with Koya. It's like, it's not about how it looks, but how it feels and having that connection to not just ourselves, but to our lineage as well. You mentioned something before about sometimes fear living in the or anxiety or, or whatever it is living in the DNA like actually all of our everything lives in the DNA everything lives through our lineage so it's, it's having that connection to it all so you're never doing it alone actually you're never doing it alone you are connected to somewhere something at any time but it is great to do it with it with a group of people brilliant I feel very I need to go and find a class I need to come come to one of your classes yes absolutely and just the thing about the lineage, I'm reminded of this image that's, I'm sure, on social media somewhere of our grandmother being pregnant with our mother and mm. the eggs, all the eggs that made you and me um, were made whilst our mother was in our grandmother. I know. The things, the stress that our grandmother might have experienced. I know my grandmother is extreme, was extremely stressed and angry and all of that goes into the eggs, goes into our mums, get passed on and think of all the generations that that's, that's yeah. trauma has gone through the generations. It's quite amazing to think about it. Like yeah, that. it really is. And I'm, I've done work 
in when I've been doing NLP where we're working on regression and it doesn't uh, when I talk about regression it can be in this lifetime can be in utero it can be in a previous lifetime and I had a particular experience when I was uh, in training a few years back where I actually traveled the emotional memory because we can travel with consciousness you know we, we have this invisible thread all the time like the golden thread was able to travel through my unconscious or subconscious thought to the connection with where this particular emotion started, like where the challenge was. And it was in my mum's belly when she was pregnant with me. And I was, I was there and I could see her on the edge of the bed. You know, I, w I was able to travel there. It is absolutely incredible what we can do with connecting in with this energy through lineage. It's absolutely incredible and it, it can heal so much when you work with it. Mm, that's fascinating. Wow. Um, can you talk a bit more about NLP? Because I hear a lot about NLP because my partner, Aidan, recently did an NLP training and yes. you were one of the facilitators. I was indeed. What an honour to meet him as well. I know he yeah. was uh, connected to you, lovely Chloe. Yeah, yeah. And he is... I think it's fair to say he's obsessed with NLP now. He talks about it a lot at home and I'm constantly getting um, asked to help him with practices and that sort of thing. But so can you tell, can you tell us what NLP is, how it helps people? Yeah, absolutely. So NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. So what it does is it works with the brain, works with thoughts, works with these, these things that are going on for us. And it works with the linguistics part. So how we communicate how we speak, how we hear, how we see, and the programming. So what's going on from us from a programming point of view? For me, very simply put, for me, it's like putting the live into living. That's how I like to think of NLP. It's about taking all of those things that maybe aren't working for us. So say we've got a, a computer plug-in. Um, let's use an example of I've got fear. Say somebody's got a fear of public speaking. I'm just going to use because that's quite a common one. What's going on is the plug that's in our circuitry, in our subconscious mind, the programming is saying, I am terrified of public speaking. So therefore, even when I think about it, my palms are going to start sweating. I get the fear. My heart starts racing. You have a very physical reaction to it because the trigger that's going in is public speaking means scary. The body responds to that. It's the same, you know, as I'm sure with you, with anxiety and hypnotherapy, thinking about what people come into, they have a very visceral reaction to it. What NLP does is in, with various techniques is it helps to change the switch on that. So if you think about the brain as a, a, a computer, so the input going in, the trigger going in, tapping into the keyboard, and then the programming going on, so running the circuitry of then what our response is to that. So if there's something like public speaking, for example, or it could be any single thing, like I, I want to feel more confident, I, I want to give up smoking, whatever that is, what we do is work with all parts of you to put in another plug. So if your trigger is public speaking it's like which part of it is it that causes the fear and when did that start and then we go back and we look at what was happening at that time because it could have been something that's completely unrelated and we use the unconscious mind to travel and then we go okay so what do we need to do to change that and we'll find all of the tools all the resources that we've already got like this inner wisdom that we've got and we'll go in and we'll reprogram that 
So you're taking out the plug that doesn't work and you're putting in one that does. So, it, and again, like I say, this can go across so many things across the board. Public speaking is a really good one because I have so many successes for people that would just, and myself included, would just vomit or be in a crumpled heap on the floor. And now they're giving audiences to 250 plus thousand people. It's just phenomenal to see how the disempowerment can go to empowerment. And that's across everything in your life, basically. It's amazing. It sounds amazing. And, and having experienced it a bit myself, I can say it's one of those things that I don't want to say it's like magic, but it can be like almost like an instant, mm. it's something shifts something yeah. like you you hone in on the, the specific problem you get to the, the root of it and it shifts it and then suddenly it's like how could I have ever found public yeah. difficult it's like I know it's so funny it is like magic that's why my work yeah. is practical magic because you're like you've held on say you've got a memory of something because the unconscious mind brings us subconscious mind brings us memories all the time I always think when I've got a problem that's uh, coming up my subconscious mind it's got a debt now to bring me a memory of where it started because the unconscious mind only wants the best for you so it may come in in various crazy ways obviously but I will always get a memory of when it first started so I can go ah, okay so you're telling me that's there's something in that memory that this is the essence of when there was a problem there's also a solution so let's get to the solution in that memory let's clear that memory up and because we're so connected i.e brain and body once we clear that memory up the physical reaction will change to that i.e what was fear may turn into empowerment or not even feeling that feeling anymore then through the vagus nerve connection which goes up then to the brain then the thought pattern changes as well so instead of going i hate public speaking it's scary because you've done that work with changing the physical reaction to it in the unconscious then the thought goes up through the vagus nerve to go actually i really love it i get so empowered and motivated and energized by all these incredible people it is like magic. You're absolutely right. I love it. So, so interesting. I'm sure we could talk just about the unconscious mind for about five hours, Kate. <laughs> Probably could. And a long, lot longer than that too. <laughs> um, one question I wanted to ask you is, what's, what's important to you right now? Right now as we speak, Chloe, for me, <laughs> I shared this before we got on, is a bit of rest and restore. I am... Um, I am the eternal, I don't want to say hustler because I don't hustle. I'm so aligned with what I do. But what's important for me now at the moment and other people around me is about taking some time to pause, reflect. I've come out of a period of the last two years where I've been in creation mode and not just creation, but production mode. So last year I bought the Practical Magic Activation Debt to Life through a Kickstarter, which was phenomenal. Um, we raised £17,000 to bring it to life. That's been doing really well. And then after that stopped, because I'm obsessed with work, I was having a shower and um, I do these lovely retreats, weekend retreats on the Isle of Wight. And this idea came in for doing a festival on the Isle of Wight of wellbeing and self-care where I could invite lots of different practitioners to come and share their work. So I I'd been doing that for the last... Um, six months and just had the first one in June and then got asked to do it, bring it to another festival. So it's been on, 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 on. And so for me now is trying to 
tear away a few of the tendrils from being in work mode constantly. I love what I do, but actually I'm burning myself out and I recognize that I do that a lot. And that's an old story and an old program that's running for me. So I'm in rest and repair. I'm going away for um, some social time, some friend time next week and then away on holiday. And as I said to you, I'm going, I, I'm, I can already feel the anxiety of not having my laptop near me. I can feel it, but I know that I need to just settle. And when we've been in really busy times, having some time, if, if you've been doing the work that we do, for example, uh, with hypnotherapy, with NLP, with any kind of change work, is allowing yourself some time to let it integrate to let it settle so that's that's what's important to me right now I'll let you know how I go with it I can feel myself twitching already yeah. <laughs> I know it's it's interesting you use the word hustle because I was reading something recently about hustle porn which is the glamorization of hustling and particularly in entrepreneurs or certain industries or maybe influencers I think this happens a lot where People are posting all the time about what they're doing. It all seems so glamorous and all these things, but it, it's not very sustainable. We can't do that forever. And it is very rewarding at the time, especially if you're, you're working and it's your calling and it's very rewarding. But there comes a time when we do need to just step back and, and rest. And so, yeah, I hope people listening, if they resonate, can take this as a sign to give themselves permission to yeah. switch off and yeah. have that time to integrate and rest. Absolutely. And, and even if that comes in, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't have time for rest. It's like, even if that's like five minutes of getting your feet on the ground and connecting in with your breath throughout the day, there's always five minutes for breath. There's always five minutes for just a bit of stillness. You know, and I say this as we're talking, I've got my hands like firmly placed down, palm down, because it's in that grounding that allows things to settle. And so it does take us from head and back into the earth, back into the body, back into the grounding. And if we can just do a little bit of that, even in this time, you know, if, even if you're in hustle mode, then it will slow you things down and it slows time down as well. So we can actually get more done and look after ourselves. Slowing time down. Mm. Oh, no. uh, this is something I actually posted on my Instagram stories like what tips do people have for slowing time down? Because I, I don't like the way time goes so quickly. It mm. me. I think, how is it? I think we all think this, don't we? How is it August now? How, where's the summer? All this sort of thing. So actually slowing down can help to slow time down. Yeah. I mean, time is a construct, you know, time in itself is, it is a very masculine construct. It comes from the Gregorian calendar and we, we only know time because of clocks. There's certain um, different cultures where they, they don't have such a thing as clock. They have night and they have day and time for them is irrelevant. So for example, if they're going to get a bus somewhere, they get on the bus when the bus comes. There's no th such thing as timetables. In our Western society, we use time as a measure for how much we can get done, right? How much we can fill or there's not enough of it. We, we recognize that in our language about how we view time and time is an energetic thing. So if you think about, if you've been, and I, I share this with myself, like I, I was in a car accident last year, thankfully no one was hurt, but I went hurtling into a car at 70 miles an hour on the motorway. But in that moment of what was probably, you know, two, five seconds 
I was able to slow time enough so that my reactions could see, come onto hyper alert and see what needed to be done. And almost like when I visualize it now, I've, able, I've been able to slow down what happened so that I could correct my course of action. I was able to adjust myself so that it, was, it didn't end as badly as it could have done. And we noticed this. And, and what I would say is if you do have a challenge with time running out or going too fast, is set yourself an intention that you have all the time that you need. You know, and, and again, coming into breath is the most important thing here. So we can slow down our concept of time by slowing down our breathing, by slowing down our movements, by getting it into the body, because the speed of a time does take us out, doesn't it? Mm. But when you can get in, nature is the best way to do this. Like nature doesn't hurry for anyone. You know, it just does what it does throughout the season. So getting yourself connected into the earth taking some nice deep breaths will slow down time it's about your relationship to what needs to get done that maybe needs to change i love that that's really i'm going to be thinking about this for after this uh conversation i think um the, the sense of time can be such a source of stress like mm-hmm. i haven't got enough time am i wasting time it's running out time right it's running out um i'm gonna be late all these things it can really have a big impact so and it's it's noticing that isn't it so when we talk about the linguistics part of neuro-linguistic programming it's noticing what you're saying to yourself noticing how you use that language around time what if you had all the time in the world what if time was more than enough what if you had more than you needed like if you take and you reframe some of that then the body starts adjusting accordingly and it just goes Virtually, you know, what that thing that I thought I had to speed up, it doesn't seem like it needs to be quite so quick now. Mm. So you then stretch time rather than reduce it. Stretching time. That sounds so good to me. Um, Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I've loved this conversation. Oh, me too. So interesting. Can you tell us about what it is that you're working on at the moment, how people can find out more about you and learn about how to work with you. And Yeah, so I'm the um, proverbial slashy. I've always got a few things going on at the moment at, the, at any given time because I just get so excited about the work that I do. So um, as I said, I've just come out of The Awakening, which was a festival of well-being and self-care on the Isle of Wight. I'm in planning for next year already. So that's on the 6th and 7th of June. Um, so I'm just really excited about the curation and bringing people together and all the different things that are going to go on there so that will be happening next year um i've got work coming up with the practical magic activation deck which is like i say this toolkit that i've got i'll be doing a lot of that in october so i'm going to be at rest fest which is this amazing uh, well-being event for women on the 6th of october um, the Om Yoga show in October and then I've got an exhibition of all the artwork that's going on at the end of the month down in Worthing so um, I would love to see any of you there if you fancy coming along for some creative mindfulness we're going to be doing that and also um, I'm going to be doing September always feels like a really great time to check in with ourselves so I'm going to be doing some reset and refocus work with clients around September so if anybody's feeling like they might just need a check-in or they want to start with coaching or there's something that they've been working on that's kind of maybe not got the energy that is needed 
or you've come out of the summer holidays and you're like, what the heck is next? That's what I'm going to be looking at and working with people there. So that's one-to-one coaching. And then I've got this amazing practical magic weekend retreat I'm doing on the Isle of Wight at the end of September, which is a weekend in nature and these gorgeous, gorgeous, tiny homes. They're absolutely, they're so cute. They're like these eco-sustainable homes really stylishly done and we have a weekend of choir and meditation and forest bathing and food and fire ceremony and it's really about getting connected in so you can find all of this on my website katetaylor.co and you can have a look on instagram i'm kate taylor creative living as well find all the links there too amazing that all sounds delightful delightful yes i'm excited yeah amazing thank you so much for talking to us oh thank you so much for having me chloe it's been an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you and all your listeners thank you so much for listening to this episode i really really hope you enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed chatting to kate come on over and let me know on instagram you can find me at chloe Brotheridge. And I would love to hear from you. What are you taking from this episode? What has inspired you? Is there a practical step that you're going to be taking having listened to this episode? Come on over and let me know. And have you got a friend who would really, really benefit from listening to the Karma You podcast? If so, please do share it with them and leave me a little review on iTunes if you have two minutes to spare and I'll be so, so grateful. So thank you so much for listening. I'm sending you loads of love. I hope you have a great week and I hope you'll tune in again soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.